In order for shame to be rendered powerless in our lives, we must be witness. We must be seen. Your gifting is going to seem like things that are just very obvious. They're going to seem like, well, everybody can be this welcoming. Everybody can see that moment where I just saw it. We're going to feel like anybody could do it. And that's what makes it your gifting. Watch how people avoid the face of somebody in need or asking who makes you uncomfortable. Every one of those faces reveal God. We have to remember our past and recount the things that God has done for us. And then that gives us faith to keep going to where he wants us to be. Guys, welcome back to the Ansense Podcast. I am Blaine. And I'm Sam. And the third familiar voice is... Padre. What's up, Padre? What's cracking? <laughs> What's happening? I love being back in here with you yeah, guys. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. It's fun to get to do this for the folks who are able to watch it live. And yeah. we'll be doing some Q&A and trying to respond as we can. So we're in the middle of... Well, the middle we're of We're in the, the late stages of the build of the next print volume. I say late stages because as of, I think, Tuesday... We had sent off all the files to the printer for them to begin building their proof for us, which is something they send back, and we get to go through it with a fine-tooth comb. And by the way, hoping you're free to come out here when uh, Daring comes down. You too can be in there with like your librarian magnifying glasses. I do have those, yeah. Yeah, well, you normally wear them for driving, so I figured this is a better (laughs) opportunity. One of the articles in that is one that you wrote. We typically try to have you in each one, right? Because it's like from the very beginning. It's great to have the sage voice that you bring. And this last time you wrote on frogs and salamanders. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. I dare you to name one more amphibian, Sam. Uh, Bullfrogs. (laughs) (laughs) Different kind. (laughs) Uh, Give me another one, Blake. It's hard after those two. Amphibians. Turtles. Snakes. I guess it depends on the snake, right? So, Dad, amphibians is a concept that you've teed before. Like, I, feel, I remember like conversations you and Craig would have about it years ago. But you're taking up maybe a fresh pass at it for 2021, 2022, and just yeah. This podcast is called Body and Spirit: Christians as Amphibians. Yeah. So where do yeah. you want, where do you want to go with it? Let me back up and tell you a story. So uh, this is before I met Jesus. I'm 18, and we were. I had a couple of buddies. We we're actually really looking for God, but in some pretty weird stuff. Um, I'm reading a bunch of weird New Age stuff. I was very into the martial arts. I was into Eastern mysticism and Lao Tzu and and that kind of thing. We used to go go out in the desert and eat peyote and look for God. It was like Native American practice kind of thing. But it opened the door to the spiritual realm. It does do that. It's just... I actually don't know. You eat peyote? Is peyote like a cactus? I actually don't even know what peyote is. Yeah, peyote is a little cactus button, and you have to clean it because it's still got the spines on it. And the spines are actually full of arsenic, which ought to tell you don't eat this thing, you know? You got to get around the poison to get to the good stuff. Yeah, but it's all kind of like... Poisonous. stuff, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it causes hallucinations. Nice. Native Americans used to use it to try and 
have spiritual experiences. So we thought, well, let's go try that. You know? And it, it does. Hallucinogens, among other things, do open the door to the spiritual realm. It's just the wrong door. And I watched my buddy get possessed. He blanked out. He suddenly like left. He was there. And then he wasn't in his eyes anymore. Like he's gone. And then something else took over and started throwing his body around like a rag doll. And I'm like, holy cow. We opened the door. We, we just found the rest of reality. We were looking for it, right? We wanted to find the spiritual. But oh man, this is way darker. And I, I didn't know God. I didn't know anything. But I just knew immediately, this isn't God. I know when we find God, he's going to be good and loving. Um, Jesus is like good. And so, but that was, that was for me, a really healthy wake-up call out of modernism. And, you know, because I'd just been raised in the classic, you know, American education system, and there's no spiritual, there's no other reality, there's no supernatural, miracles don't happen. You yeah, know, it's not that. quantifiable, it doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly, right. And so that was actually, and it, and it, I mean, it scared me to God. It's like we quit that stuff pretty quick because, you know, that was dark. But it was actually very helpful to realize we live in two worlds. We inhabit the beauty of nature and, you know, just the cool stuff all around us. You know, you get to hike, you get to swim, you get to eat, you get to do all this really cool stuff in the natural world. But there is around us all the time a spiritual world that sort of co-inhabits our world, interacts with our world. And the reason I wrote the article right now is I, I think that, like, humanity is hard-pressed right now. I mean, we are beat up, and everybody's doing their best, you know? God bless us, but the fact is, everybody's got COVID brain, and you're forgetting stuff, and you're spacing out, and you get to the end of your day, and you just don't, you don't have what you used to have in mm. the tank, right? Right. And I wanted to write about this right now, because if we're going to recover from the global trauma of the pandemic, if we're going to handle the spiritual forces that are at work in the world right now, we need to take this idea of being amphibians more seriously than we do. I think there's a lot of good folk out there who are like, yeah, not really interested in that. You know, I just just kind of want to, I want to love God, you bet, and go to my group or whatever, but I, I don't really want to know about the rest of that. But the soul needs the strength, the help, the healing, the beauty that can come to us from the rest of reality, from the kingdom of God. We need those resources now, and I don't think we can neglect them and be well. Yes. Blaine's feeling a little bit triggered because he's been talking about the uh, age of the new sorcerer at the beginning of every podcast that we have to edit <laughs> out because it's never like enough. It's, never. it's just unkind to, it would be unkind to the listeners. So be like, huh, what? You know, the amphibian metaphor is really good, and you're not the only guy who uses it. Like, that's a core thing for the screw tape letters, and that's C.S. Lewis. And yeah. if you begin to go back, I think what's relevant if we push into that metaphor is to go put a frog into a water tank, it will eventually die. Put a frog into a terrarium, it will eventually die die. The fascinating thing is that you cannot live without 
some regular back and forth in both. You know, you talk about guys who grew up inside the decay of the materialist worldview, like the quantifiable, the touchable. This is where I just sit back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is modernity. This is, right, we're just going to make like Thomas Jefferson and we're going to cut out the miraculous. There are also guys who I know uh, that there is a side to this that is like, I survive based on spiritual practices, power encounters with God, wonderful, good things, but all the time, all the time. It's all about worship and it's all about, you know, the spiritual element of the Christian disciplines and that. Whichever camp you fall into, if it doesn't have a good holding place for the other and like regular back and forth, if the amphibian metaphor is accurate, you're in like a very dangerous position. Yeah. So as someone who grew up in the church, grew up in the Wild Heart message, I've had experiences that have varied from like, whoa, the spiritual world is totally real and I can hear the voice of God and like, absolutely, I'm an amphibian. And, you know, you, you, go, you go out of the United States, you go out of like the super sterile, we know have the answer to everything world. And it's right. like uh, my time in Guatemala, right. my time in um, Ethiopia and Tanzania was a little bit like, yes, there's a spiritual. What are you, are you kidding yourself? Yeah. And yet I think here I find myself like the spiritual all gets dropped into like one big bucket for better or for worse. Mm. I like your metaphor, Blaine, or I like your piece of like how we can't survive without it. But I feel like a natural kind of fear of it because it's like, well, what's the spiritual? Is it like the yogis? Is it like the mm. Reiki? Mm. Is it, I think a spiritual is like that shop in town that you go to because they've got the incense from your trip in the Middle East, but mm. they also have a lot of other stuff and you leave there in like a brain fog and you feel gross. Mm. And so you try to make it like not very often. Yep. And it's like this weird just catch-all, right? Yep. Most people probably have like the super charismatic friend who's like, got their crazy stories of we're going to go do this prayer night and it's going to like rain inside and it's going to be wild. And I feel this like, man, the spiritual, if it's all the same bucket, Mm. can feel really Mm. unappealing and I can feel the pull to be like, nah, I'm not going to engage it. Yes. And so I think maybe I'm admitting my like, I, I do feel Blaine's naming of like, if it's not there, I can feel like dry and withered. But also I feel like a hesitance to engage it because my question maybe is, is it all the same? And if not, how do you tell the difference? Well, and what you both just touched on is the, I don't know why this is, but as a therapist for a lot of years, what I would discover is the, the most broken people were actually able to tap into the spiritual easier. Yeah. And so sadly then what you get is really weird stuff. And you just go, ooh, like I, I'm not interested. I mean, I know you just had this really wild thing happen with you and Jesus, but you're just so, you're such a broken person. I I just- I think like literally everybody's thinking of someone specific. Right I now. know. And you just like go, I, I, can't, I can't receive that. Like I can't, I just, no thanks, not interested. Yeah. And to add one more piece to this, you said if you get outside of the United States, I would say if you get outside of modernity, you get into the rest of history. There's a bit of a consensus that the spiritual 
is dangerous. Right. One of the reasons that all ancient cultures have priests is for a freaking buffer. Exactly. Between you and the spirit (laughs) realm and the formalization of ritual and all of these things. Uh, These are all moats and portcullises and fortresses against sort of the unregulated influence of the spiritual. Bingo. So— Bingo. And when you travel to places like Guatemala and, and South America, you, you know, you, all the trinkets, all the little gadgetry and Even stuff. Even Europe. Like, we for, pretend like yeah. we're all the West. But yeah, like, well, the world's in a pagan revival now. Yeah. So, Chesterton said, in the end, there's only Christianity and paganism. Everything else was a sideshow. So, he just, he writes off modernity as a sideshow in mm. human history that it's primarily been paganism or, or Christian faith. But you look at the trinkets and the amulets and the chants and that kind of thing. You know what those people are trying to do? They're trying to keep the foul spirits out of their home. Yes. Most of that stuff is designed as sort of yikes. You know, like they're very aware of the spiritual world. They want help with it, which is where Christianity is just so phenomenally beautiful because you can bring in light and goodness and protection. And what we were talking about was, I think that the spiritual realm requires souls who are grounded. You can't run out in a lightning storm with a lightning rod and not be grounded, right? You you want to make sure that you are well and pursuing wholeheartedness as a human being so that you can handle the spiritual. And what's really one of the quirky, fun things about Dallas Willard's life, you know, PhD in philosophy. Even more, he's a phenomenologist. Yeah. So like, as a guy who should be What's super a material, <laughs> he's he's a stuff guy. He's like uh, this is real. Yeah, what is there the, the osis, the stuff that makes up reality? So that's how badly human knowledge collapsed. Mm. Was that a group of people had to come in through a discipline called phenomenology to say no, 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 there <laughs> there are real things. This is stuff. <laughs> it's <laughs> oh real. Oh my gosh, I feel like I need some of that. Dallas, you know he. Very measured guy, very balanced. You know, he wore a coat and tie. But he he attended for a number of years a vineyard church, which cracked me up. And I asked him why. I'm like, Dallas, like, this is not your vibe, man. These are, these are your people? Like, how does this fit? And Dallas said, these people know how to pray. Mm. So what I love about Dallas with all of his philosophy and groundedness and spiritual disciplines, that kind of thing, he was he was very aware of the spiritual world and that we need to interact with it. It's helpful to interact with it. You can draw strength from it, et cetera. So wrote the article because I want to help people tap into some strength. Yeah. The human soul needs strength right now. We need help. And there is help available to us in God and in his kingdom that I just don't think it's an option anymore not to tap into it. So let me give you an example. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay. So Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. We are all being transformed into the image of Jesus, into his likeness with ever increasing glory. The glory of God, and I want to unpack what that is, but the glory of God is the resource that helps human transformation. 
Okay. It's not just, you know, positive self-feedback. It, it's not, it's not just things we do on our own. We, we need God. Glory isn't the metric of how much you've improved. No. Nope. Glory is the, the, means the means by which it is the help of God. Okay. But glory is one of those weird religious words. So let's unpack it real quick. The story of the wedding at Cana. Jesus turns 180 gallons of water into wine. And John wraps up the story by saying, he thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their trust in him. So you just go, okay, wait a second. So what did he reveal? He revealed the power of God to do transformational things, right? Turning water into wine was brought about by the glory of God through the person of Jesus. It is a power. It is, it, it is a resource. It, it, it is the presence of God, but it's coming particularly. And then Paul in Romans 6 says that Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, by glory. So glory is a generative, creative power of God. So you think of Eden. You think of waterfalls and the ocean and living things, the lushness of the world, right? That generative, creative, life-giving capacity of God, that is the glory of God. It does that. It's the fruit of that. And so if we could get some access of that into our soul and into our being, we would do better. We, we, would, we would be stronger for these crazy days. Hmm. What about that quote, the glory of God is man? Fully alive. Fully alive. Yes. How's that tie in? Okay. This is where, because the scriptures use glory in a number of different. Yes, they do. A number of different ways. So sometimes the glory of God is to praise God. We give him glory. We hold him up. We lift him up. We, mm -hmm. You know, we honor him to, to give God glory. That's one use of the word. Mm -hmm. Irenaeus, the glory of God is man fully alive. When people are transformed by the love and presence of Jesus, they become a poster child for how wonderful God is. And that's why they are the glory of God. They are, they are signposts. They are lampposts. They're, mm. right? They're billboards to say, holy cow, look at how wonderful God is. Mm. Yes. You can praise him. You can exalt him. You can discuss his attributes, right? But glory as it's used in the wedding at Cana, in the resurrection of Christ, and in 2 Corinthians 3 where it's our transforming. It's a power. It is, it is the life-giving generative power of God in us. So a little bit more on that. Yeah. So in the Old Testament, you had the tabernacle and then you had the temple. They built the tabernacle, you know, the movable tent that they took around with them in the desert. And that was like their place of worship where they could be amphibians, right? They could have both worlds. When they would set it up, the scripture says, and the glory of God filled the tabernacle. The manifest presence of God came down, filled the tabernacle. And then the same thing happens. They build the temple, finally, the more permanent structure in Jerusalem, and the glory of God came and filled the temple. And David says, I just love to be there to see, to see your actual presence, to see you, to see you face to face. Now, here's the cool thing. In the New Testament, the location of the temple changed. Mm. The temple now is the human heart. 
temple is the heart of the believer. And so our hearts are meant to be filled with the manifest presence of God, with his glory, with his generative, creative, abundant power. This is great. Keep going. I want to add some asterisks to this podcast, but we're all good. <laughs> did you have a thing? You want? Do you have an asterisk, or did you want to like tease out how the glory affects like how we live in this particular moment? The asterisk that I am going to add because I'm, there are nerds out there, high nerds, and what you care about right now is that someone says that languages that don't have very many base words called lexemes have to use those words in a lot of different ways, and so the glory that you're talking about, yeah, the life-giving power of God yes. is distinct from, but really interestingly linked to what it means to worship. That kind of becomes more interesting, not less interesting. Yes. It's interesting, like the glory of God, you know, there's one sense in which the essence of a person when it's expressed would be another way that that gets yes. used around the tabernacle. Like, yes. So now that the nerds are satisfied and know that there is also described this powerful, fluid power of. Yes. Yeah. And you're saying we need to access that. Like, just make it so easy. Yes. It's like the thing where it's like, say it for a third grader. Okay, never mind. Say it for a kindergartner. Say it for a kindergartner <laughs> and wrap in Brandon's a- piece because I think Brandon's naming something. I think a lot of us feel the sense of, my life is very full and I'm trying to like do this well is this yet another thing or does this somehow take precedence over things that have maybe in its place? How do I carve out time? Yes. We're all depleted and wondering how, Yes. how do I not get just totally dried out? No, no. These are things that you call upon throughout the day as you drive, as you work, before you go to bed. I do think, can I do a little footnote? Is this an asterisk? How do you call these? We, like, I think it's part of the flow. <laughs> to be honest, but like, yeah, an asterisk, right, right, let me just an do, aside. Let me do an aside This for whole a podcast is tangential, like every single episode. There's something fundamentally askew, something fundamentally not right when what we are trying to do is fit God and his kingdom into our lives when what we actually need to be doing is centering our lives around God and his kingdom and then seeing what else fits. Yes, but where is God? Because I have fit my life, hypothetically, around my men's group, my prayer group, and my Sunday mornings, Mm -hmm. and I'm not feeling full totally. So am I missing something in those spaces? Yes, you are, because that's activity. And that's not the same thing as communion. Soul is made for union with God, not just information about God. And another tangent is you can have a whole lot of clarity about your brokenness, but it's not the same thing as healing. It's not the same thing as being better. I know, right? Yeah. Okay. So information that, you know, it's the, anyway, understanding is highly overrated. What we we really need. John Eldridge, understanding is highly (laughs) overrated. It is. is. What we need is God, his actual presence and help in our being. Your being is permeable. You're, You're a porous creature. You're actually meant to be saturated with the presence of God. He's the vine. You're the branch. Okay. How do you do it? That was who you were asking. How do you do it? 
Jesus, I pray that you would fill my heart with your glory. Fill my heart with your glory. Strengthen me against the hopelessness and the fatigue and the overwhelmed and the overcome. I need your glory to overcome those things. Fill my heart with your glory. Fill my soul with that beautiful generative power that I see in Hawaii, that I see in the Serengeti, that, 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 that creative life force of God. Fill me with your glory, God. Fill my heart, fill my soul, fill my mind. It's, it's literally just asking for it. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like the thing that I would add as a person starts to practice that is like, you'll learn to recognize when it's happening, yep. what it feels like. Do you remember that time we all took surf lessons together? This is a very good analogy. I'm and excited. I like, it, I like it is. thinking about surfing. It is. This is like I'm just dissociating. I, like to, I right want to. <laughs> I want to tell you how good my analogies are before I use them. This one is good. Okay. Which is like we are prepped. If you were to go out, I remember it was very hard, like on the surfboard, and ask yourself constantly the question: Is this surfing? Am I surfing right now? Is this what surfing feels like? It would be like, do it a lot. You will literally activate the senses inside your body that tell you when you're catching the wave. Yeah. You can't really describe it to a person. You can point them in the right direction. You can't know what it feels like before you've done it a lot. I think that in some of these taking hold of the spiritual, yes. I know that in my very yes. early forays, yes. I wanted it to feel like, yes. I, I don't a know. A lightning strike. A lightning strike. Yep. Overwhelming, a visionary experience. Yes. Like yep. Yep. this column of heat like rushing down my spine. <laughs> yeah. And it could be frustrating when those things didn't happen. Yep. And I, you know, it's very, yep. very tempting to conclude. I'm just, I Nothing's guess I'm just, happening. I'm just not a very yeah, spiritual yeah, 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 person. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Here's the good news, guys. Okay. God is gentle. God is gentle. The world is violent. God is gentle. And just because we're calling these things the supernatural graces, and there's a whole bunch of them, there's a whole bunch of supernatural graces that you can tap into for the well-being of, of your life and, and mission in the world, your family, your love, doesn't mean that they're going to be like nuclear reactions. It doesn't mean they're going to be like atom bombs, lightning strikes, earthquakes, thunderstorms. Sometimes sometimes, but those are actually not helpful. Mm. Usually. God is coming into your soul. He's going to be gentle about that for heaven's sakes. He knows. He knows what your soul has been through. And so what I want to say is look for the gentleness of it. Look for, oh Lord, I pray. I pray to be filled with your glory, God. I need you to fill me with your glory that generative, creative, life-giving power. I need that right now. And, and what you're going to first notice is, I feel a little better. Mm. Just a little, but I feel a little better. Mm -hmm. It's gentle. It's usually not dramatic. Mm. Okay, so some, some threads here for me. I feel like this is tying in the piece of, who wrote, is it, have you read Franny and Zoe? Yeah. Who wrote Franny and Zoe? Franny and Zoe, let me just look that up on my laptop. Tick-tock, 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 tick-tock. I'm over here. 
that, that, that's not your laptop. One of these guys is going to figure it out. So <laughs> hey, who, who wrote Franny and Zoe? Okay, it's a combination for me of like the pray at all times without ceasing. It's a combination oh, no, of, JD Salinger. of what Kate is saying with Brother Lawrence and like finding our like hearts turning in menial tasks. Yes. And it's in Franny and Zoe. There's yes. like in the first story in yes. that and JD Salinger telling her, he were catching the rye, yeah? Salinger. Salinger? Mm-hmm. No? Anyway, she, uh, there's like I a story. I broke one of my Salinges. You did. Late in that book, like the the female narrator is like really focused on this. How do I pray at all times without ceasing? And what does that really look like? And she tells a story of like meeting a monk or someone who was holy and who literally just repeated out throughout the day, Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. Like just Christ have mercy. Yeah. And I think at, in the past, you've encouraged such like simple repetitions mm-hmm. that at, for a while I took up just Jesus yes. for a while, yep. which can sometimes slip into an expletive while I'm yes. driving. Yes. driving like, yes, Jesus. And not, Jesus. <laughs> maybe not inappropriately. Uh, and so I, I'm <laughs> hearing <laughs> your permission to swear. And also that like, does the, the repetition of asking to be filled with glory kind of fill in that space? Yes. And therefore what, yes. you know, is that, have you noticed if you're doing that, do you feel different at the end of the day? Do you feel different throughout the day? Do you get to the end of the day feeling exhausted? Or you were like, no, I've been like returning to this stream yes. and this resource and therefore yes. I don't feel empty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I do want to underscore the thing of, I don't know, well, I guess it came from that passage of Jesus saying, don't be like the pagans who repeatedly chant, you know, God knows what you need. Anyway, somehow we got into this thing that repetition in prayer is bad. Yeah. Repetition in prayer is super helpful, not because you're chanting, not because you're coercing God through repetition, but because your soul needs alignment. The repetition was bad because we thought we could figure out a tool that was powerful apart from God, and we could just push a button. Bingo. And then we could yeah. be like, oh, I figured yeah. this thing out. Yeah, and so it doesn't do that, but it does all kinds of other wonderful things within you, mm. including just calling your thoughts back again and again and again. It just It's centering, okay? So yes, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Love, your love, your love. I'll do that a lot. Your love, your love, your love. We're in a world right now that's just so filled with hatred, and it's really filled with demonic hatred. And so I want love. I want. I need the shield of love. That's another supernatural grace. I need the shield of your love. You surround the righteous with your shield of love. I need the shield of your love in a time of, of great hatred. That would be a supernatural grace. You're tapping in. It's a reality. It's actually there. I'm shielded by the love of God. But to walk in that through the day, I could just be saying just your love, your love, your love, God. Um, I like the phrase, my little phrase that I'll pass on as a helpful one is your glory, your love, your kingdom. That's my thing. That's my go-to right now. Your glory, your love, your kingdom. I'm partly invoking it. I'm partly receiving it. I'm partly enforcing it as I do that, but just your glory, your love, your kingdom as something that is filling me, but also something that is shielding me or my household or the project I'm working on. Your glory, your love, your kingdom. It actually sounds fairly simple. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? It's supposed to be. If it's not sustainable, you won't do it. 
I was maybe just reading that somewhere else, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. If it's not sustainable, you won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it has to, it has to be those little accessible things, your glory, your love, your kingdom. Hmm. Any final thoughts here before we... I don't think so. We, I think... Yeah, go ahead. I think that we have a couple of questions that we'll leave in the episode because they're very relevant to supernatural yeah. graces. And- cool. Okay, so awesome in a lot of different ways. And we are going to like pivot here for the last 10 minutes or so as long as there's questions and reflections. And Cool. So Blaine, was there one that you wanted to like tee up? I want to start with, Brandon, thanks for your question. The thrust of this question is that we're all really strapped right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Brandon, who I happen to know, is a really good guy with a great life with God. Was you know just talking about? I tried, felt like I couldn't do it. Watched the Great British Baking Show instead. Didn't like it. Didn't do it for me. Um, and go in view of being really depleted what else what helps like what would you say to the guy who's like oh man that sounds great but right now when I try to like make a little time to engage God or turn my heart heart towards him I find I'm just so exhausted Mm -hmm. that I can't try or some Mm. some version of that yeah, be careful about what you say about GBBS here, because that's like my uh, weekly tune-in of choice. So, oh no, it, the Great British Baking Show was part of my spiritual disciplines this summer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am that's, that's dead <laughs> serious. Why? I'm dead serious. Here's why: because the whole world is go, go, go now, now, now. Focus, focus, focus. We want your attention. It's the battle for your attention, right? The war for your attention. This thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. That's exhausting. That's fatiguing. The soul needs a break. The soul needs to veg. Vegging is a good thing, Mm. okay? And so to watch a program where the drama and crisis is whether or not the bread dough rises. Yeah. Is good for the soul. It, it's like, it this, nice. is, this is it. This is all the crisis there is right now, yeah. right? Is the wrong temperature on my crumpets, yes. you know? Like, the custard didn't set. Yeah, the custard didn't set. It's good. That's good stuff, right? Because your soul just needs a break. And then you go and watch alone and be like, oh my gosh, like I just stabbed a muskox with a knife. <laughs> I feel so pumped right now. <laughs> yes. Well, I watch alone. Uh, there's only a couple of shows I watch. I watch alone because I love the wilderness and I love the beauty and all those shots of wilderness and yeah. beauty. Those, that's good for the soul, Yeah. right? But Blaine, you asked about, we're fatigued. What do we do? Like you do simple things that you can repeat that are helpful. So when you pull in the driveway, either at work or at home, don't just jump out of your car. Take 60 seconds and just sit there. Just sit there. Mm. Don't do anything. Okay. You, you, um, you get beauty into your life, right? Magazines, art books, potted flowers, music. You get beauty into your life, right? You do the simple things that are repeatable every day. Uh, and, and so for me right now, I sit on the porch in the evening and just let the coolness of the evening wash over me. Just that's it. That's you know, and, and, and then immediately God's there. He's, he's right there. As soon as your soul is not spun up 
by the world. He's he's right there. And mm. then it's, oh, I love you, God, and thank you for being here. And yeah. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna like tag in uh Gavin slash Ben's questions here. You and it, which is piggybacking up what you're just talking about. So I have three young kids. And I mean like six months, three-year-old and a four-year-old. And I get home and my wife who's been manning the fort is exhausted and needing replenishment. And there's a little bit of like the, yeah, but like I know that I wasn't doing what you were doing, but you think that I wasn't really doing anything. And so (laughs) like we both feel tired and like grumpy that the other person wants time away. Yeah. And so maybe you've already said it by saying that like it happens throughout the day or maybe it is in the evening. But like how how would you encourage particularly like young parents yes. to be cultivating this amphibious need yes. and space of recovery in a day? Yes. Part of it is in the day, your glory, your love, your kingdom, fill me, Lord, sustain me. Your love, your love, your love, your love. It's like that. But also there, there are practices that, that overtaxed young parents need to do, like on your way home, do not listen to the news. That's going to get you totally spun up, okay? Do not listen to heavy metal, <laughs> okay? Like do something in the car on your way home that is healing to your soul, mm. instrumental music, yeah, right? Some, something that is kind. Yeah. I so okay. My musical taste is like all over the place. Right. Like I was just listening to the Spider Verse soundtrack while lifting weights, and it's like, like I mean, it's yes. intense. And then as I begin working, I've noticed like I don't always have access to Spotify because Susie's using it. So like YouTube has all of these like piano and like relaxing, and sometimes even have like rain soundtracks. And I'll like put that on while I'm working, and I'll actually like I'll feel tension bleeding and yeah. go like. How come somebody's not around to be like, Sam, I know what you think you need is a fourth cup of coffee, but what you actually need is like... In some, addition to a fourth cup of some coffee. Calm, some calms, yeah. some beauty, sure. some relaxing. And yeah, good, good job. That's helpful. I would also pull over before you get home for 60 seconds. Because when you pull in the driveway, dad's home, mom's home, like it's over, you know. But, <laughs> it's all over. But but you could you could stop down the street Literally for 60 seconds, you just pull over. And what you do is you release your day. I release my day. I give everyone and everything to you, God. I release my day. And then you ask, I, 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 need, I need something to offer when I walk in the door. Please fill me. I need something to offer here. Some of the guys and gals that are watching are noticing that like there's threads of this that connect to get your life back and the one minute pause. Yes, exactly. And I think... Maybe I've mentioned it before. Like, there's some interesting data on how pausing and contemplative prayer and things like the woman to pause actually rewire your brain and cause you to slow down and be better attuned to who you are and who God is. Mm. They did a study on these nuns mm. in hmm. Yes, the nuns. And they'd all been doing contemplative prayer for at least 15 years. And they were like, oh my gosh, like your brain works differently. You have well, these like, nuns had the same neural decay as people who have Alzheimer's, but they didn't exhibit any forgetfulness because their hardwired slowdown practices actually let the other systems of the body take over, which is pretty crazy. That is crazy. You're the one who told me that recovery 
is more important than training yep. in athletics. Right. So yesterday, because I'm writing a book on resilience. To I, a point, obviously. If you've been recovering for 15 years, it's probably, it's probably time, time to do a little training. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, well, I, went, I went and I looked up. I said, what is the number one leading cause of athletic injuries? You know the answer. Overtraining. And failure to recover. Mm-hmm. And I go, now that's true for your soul mm-hmm. as well. You have to build these little moments and then longer sections when you can get them, you know, an evening, a day when you can get them, but you build these moments of recovery into your day. Yeah. Very needed. And you ask for the supernatural graces. That's yes. the whole point because we're amphibians. Later, so ben. your love, your love, your love, your kingdom, your kingdom, your glory, Lord, fill me with your glory. I pray the shield of your love around us. Creepy stuff coming in. I bring the work of Christ over my home. I forbid darkness here in the name of Jesus. Like you tap into the supernatural graces because we need those as well. Yeah. And I think Blaine's metaphor again, back up like the frog is like the helpful. We we not only need them, we can't pretend like you can survive without them any longer. Bingo. Thank you. 